Again, today's daf is daf chav. Hey, we're going back to daf chav. Dalit on the base. Meisve bamedvarim amurim. This is um, you'll see the base dalit aleph. It's about uh, fifteen lines from the bottom of chav dalit on the base. Okay. Now, in yesterday's share, we finished it, um, but we're going to back up, and uh, we're we're mitten sugya, and the sugya is going to take us all the way till the mishnah. Towards the bottom of Chafei Yomadal. Let's remind ourselves what's happening. So the Mishnah on top of Chavdalad Omabez told us that if there's rumors about a person that he was having relations with a, uh, with a woman, okay, and then later she became a Giyaris or she was, uh, she was a Shivcha Kananis, so he's not allowed to marry her once, uh, once they divorce, once they convert her or are freed. However, if he does, he doesn't, uh, you know, the, if he does it, we allow him to keep her. What if there's a rumor about him and an Aishas Ish? So then we say no. Even if he takes her, he's got to get rid of her. And Rav told us that this is only true if there's Adam. Rav said, when do you force somebody to completely get rid of, uh, uh, of his wife, even if he married her, when there were originally rumors? That's by an Aishas Ish. Okay. So here we go. The Gemara is now challenging that with a mesve, challenging that it's dependent on witnesses. Mesve, that's a challenging question on Rav. Rav was an early Amaira, but Medvar Murim, when do we say that you're obligated to divorce this Aishas Ish, that you, there was rumors with you about that? It's not dependent on witness, whether there was witnesses or not. Rather, Kisha'in Labanim. It's only when there's no children we say, oh, you got to get rid of her because otherwise it's going to be a call. But if she has children, we're not going to force him to divorce her. Uh, why not? Because if we force him to divorce her, people are going to say, oh, these kids are Mamzerim. There's something wrong. It must have been something. If you're making him divorce her now, it must be that originally something was going on. Right? The Imbo Ede Tuma, but if Adam come and they give Edos that they saw the actual relations, even if she has many children, then Tate then we're gonna force to leave. So what do you see from here? That if there's children, what's the halacha? It, then only if there's Adam do you force it to leave. But if there's no children, we force them to leave anyway, even without Adam. So you Rav, why are you saying it always depends? On Adam answers the Gemara. Rav Mukilah the Masnisin. Rav um, establishes our Mishnah. Biyeshla Banim when there are children. Biyeshla Adam and there are witnesses. Okay, so how's Rav going to read our Mishnah? The following: A man has a rumor to have an affair with a married woman who has children, and there's witnesses. Then we say. You're obligated to, uh, we're going to tell him you're obligated to, um, I'm sorry, when there's children, then you're going to, um, then we're going to say you only have to divorce her if there are witnesses. However, if there's no children, then we're going to say that witnesses are not necessary. Okay? So is that clear? I don't know if I, is, is that articulated well? Again, originally we said, Rav said you always need Adam. Now we're changing it. And we're saying no. Rav only holds you need Adam when there are children. children. Right. If there's no children, then he doesn't necessarily obligate witnesses. Okay. Says the Gemara, my the Rav What's making Rav establish our Mishnah to say where by the, the the women the woman originally had children and there were witnesses and the reason why we force him to divorce her is because there's witnesses but if there were no witnesses uh, we wouldn't allow her well, we we would not force him to divorce her rather. We should say the case of the Mishnah where we say you're obligated to divorce her is where there were no children. Because let's, let's understand something. There's two scenarios where Rav's going to say, there's two scenarios Rav's going to say, if the rumored adulterer marries her, he's got to get rid of her. What are the two situations? Either she had children with witnesses or she didn't have children and there's just a rumor, he's still going to say you got to get rid of her. So ask the Gemara, why is Rav establishing the case to be where there were children and witnesses? And that's why he's divorcing her. We could have very well established the Mishnah to be a case where there's no children, but we're still forcing him to divorce her because there were no witnesses. 
To which Rava explains, Omar Rava Masnisen Kashisei, it's the verbiage, the wording of our Mishnah that's causing Rav to establish the case to be where there are children and witnesses. Why? Because my area the Tani Haitsi Uha. Rav's bothered. Why does it say that that Haitsi Uha? Haitsi Uha means that somebody else, a Bezdin, is obligating the divorce. Now, if there's no witnesses, would a Bezdin obligate the divorce? No. Right? If there's no witnesses, Bezdin wouldn't obligate it. Listeni Haitsi Ah. It should have said he's he's divorcing her. It must be that we're dealing with a situation where Bezdin's going to obligate it, and if for Bezdin to obligate it, guess what? There has to be witnesses. And if there's witnesses, that must be where there were children. Because again, the only time we're obligating witnesses is if she had children. Okay? Bottom line is, bottom line is very simple. This is actually, it's not a complicated scenario over here. We're trying to see when Rav says... You need witnesses. Did he mean always you need witnesses? Or did he mean when there are children that were concerned about people talking about their yichus, then we're only going to force a divorce with witnesses. That's Taka Rav's opinion. And Rav's establishing the Mishnah where there are children and witnesses. I, why can't he? Rav also agreed you would get divorced if there's no children and no witnesses. I know, but our Mishnah is dealing with the case of witnesses because it says, I see you, uh, beautiful. Another way that Rav can wiggle out of the question is Hani Masnaisa Rebbe. The the Mishnayis and the Brises are strictly the opinion of Rebbe. The Tani we learned in the Brisa. Okay, this was we're now going to list a whole bunch of situations where there's no witnesses, but circumstantial evidence pointing. Very clearly that something is going on with this married woman. For example, for example, okay? Reichel Yaitse, you got the Reichel, the traveling salesman, the husband's coming home, and for some reason, this traveling salesman is walking out of the house. What are you doing in my house? Yeah? The Isha Chagaras Besiner. And the wife is uh, putting on her clothes. Omar Rebbe. Rebbe says, Since this is a, Mechur means like disgusting. Okay? Means, this looks very off. The circumstances taking place. There's no witnesses, but we're still going to say, you got to divorce her. There's a strong enough assumption here that something's going on. Also, what's another circumstantial evidence? There was like some sort of spit from a man the Malam and Akila is like somewhere above the bed. Also, it's it's you know a type of a type of a circumstance where something's there that doesn't belong there. Amar Rebbe Hayul Mechur Adavar Also, going to go there. Now we turn to today's daf. Min Olin Afuchin Taches Amita. Also, if the shoes are turned over underneath the bed, somebody's somebody else's shoes. Amar Rebbe Hayul Mechur Adavar since Mechor Adavar also Tetze. So over here, Rebbe says, listen, you don't need witnesses to divorce your wife. A rumor with strange situations going on is enough to say that she's forbidden to her husband. Now here's the catch to this whole thing, how it's all going to come full circle. If she's forbidden to her husband, whenever she's forbidden to her husband, that also means she's going to be forbidden to the adulterer. Whenever you're usher to your husband... Uh, whenever a woman's forbidden to her husband when she's having an affair, she also becomes usher to the Boel, to the one who she had an affair with. So now here's the question. According to Rebbe, according to Rebbe, you don't need um, any sort of witnesses. You need things look very off. According to Rav, it was dependent on witnesses. So you see, Rav is learning different than Rebbe. Okay. Says the Gemara, just to focus on this brisa for a moment, a little Cinderella question. You ready? You see, turned over shoes. Why don't, you know, you have a guy walking out of the house. He comes in and their shoes turned over under the bed. You think it's this guy's shoes. What's he doing taking off his shoes in my house with my wife? So you ask the Gemara, why don't you see if the shoe fits? If the shoe fits, then we say, oh, there's, there's something, uh, something un, you know, unusual going on. 
But what if the guy is a size 13 shoe? Yeah, he's got a size 13 foot, and the shoe's a size 10. So then you know it's not him. Why are you saying across the board that mitzmachur uh, hadavar, and you go for a divorce? It means the place where the shoe was, you see that it's been turned over. Okay, meaning you see like a shoe print. In, back then they had dirt floors. Takasamita underneath the bed. So you see somebody was there underneath the bed. Again, the Gemara just clarifying. There's, there's uncomfortable situations here. I'm a Rebbe. Rebbe says, That's what Rebbe says. The Gemara is answering Enochanami, basically. Yeah? If there's a way to see that it wasn't this guy's and therefore the circumstances are cleared up, Gavaldik, very good. But otherwise, Tetzay, you're obligated to divorce her, although there's no witnesses. Vilchus HaKavosei Derav. The Allah follows Rav, that you need witnesses. Vilchus HaKavosei Derebi. And the Allah follows Rebi, that you could follow circumstantial evidence and you don't need witnesses. Now, does that make any sense? No. We just said, the Allah is like Rav, you divorce her with witnesses. The Allah is like Rebi, you divorce her with circumstantial evidence. Says the Gemara, Kasha, Hilchasa, Hilchasa. It's a contradiction. Well, you can't tell me the is like both. Says the Gemara, yeah, I could. You know, like Kasha, there's no question here. Habakala de Pasik. Habakala de Lai Pasik. There's different levels of rumors. What do you mean? Kala de Lai Pasik. When you have a rumor that started and didn't stop. Vileka Edim. And there are no witnesses. So you have a very strong rumor that keeps gathering steam. It doesn't just last for a day. This rumor is around for a while. Laylam's talking about it. Okay? But there's no witnesses. Then Kerebi. Rebbe says, listen, you rely on circumstantial evidence. Call it the Pusik. But if you had a short rumor that didn't last, but the Ika Edim, then Kerav. We're going to rely on Rav that that's, also en- that that's enough to, even though the rumor wasn't strong, witnesses are enough to tell him to divorce her. But call it the Pusik at Kama. Says Gemara, what's considered a short rumor and a long rumor? Okay? Amr Abaye. Amrali Aim, my mother told me, now this happens very often in Shas, you know, Abaye was an orphan, and um, it's referring to his mother who raised him. It's very interesting that uh, Abaye quotes his mother very often uh, throughout Shas. Dume demasa yoyma upalga. Okay? If the, that the city is talking about it, yuma a day, upalga and a half. So it's hanging around for more than one day. And this is only true, where the rumor wasn't quashed in between. If it started and stopped, you're like, ah, it's considered like it stopped. And in order to be obligated to divorce her, you'd only use witnesses. And also, when do we say it stops? The rumor stops within a day and a half. That's not going to change anything. That's going to be considered a consistent rumor. When do we say that's true? So the Gemara says, that is true, the rumor didn't stop out of fear. If the rumor stopped out of fear, then would only stopped out of fear. Now what does it mean out of fear? Sometimes people are scared to perpetuate rumors because they're nervous about the guy who the rumor is about, what he's going to do to me. If he hears that I heard about this, or he hears that I said it, or I'm looking into this, he's going to be angry. So then a rumor stops. Why? Because the guy's got a lot of clout. He's got a big position. Okay? It's also true if there are no, if, if there are no enemies. The, the rumor remains for a day and a half about the adultery. But let's say there are people who don't like this guy. The suspect. The guy who the rumor's about. There's people in town who don't like him. Says the Gemara... Then we say it's not considered a continuous rumor. People are just talking about him. They never liked him in the first place. That's not a strong rumor. If there's enemies, it's the enemies of this guy who don't like this guy that started the rumor, and it's not even considered a rumor in the first place. And in order for this guy to have to divorce his wife because of the rumors, it's going to have to be dependent on the witnesses. Beautiful. Tanan Hassam. Listen to this. It's a fascinating, it's a new Mishnah going to take us, uh, a, a new Gemara going to take us down to our Mishnah. There's a Mishnah in Gitin. Okay. Listen to this. If a guy divorces his wife because of a rumor, 
he heard she's loose. And he doesn't trust her anymore to be faithful. The halacha is lo yachsir. The chachamim say, even if she doesn't marry anybody else, you cannot take her back. All right? The chachamim say, you divorce your wife because you suspect her, you can't take her back. Now, I want to explain why. I'm going to get into this. Why can't you take her back? She didn't marry anybody else. The answer is, the chachamim were concerned about respect for women. And they wanted to ensure that if a husband is going to go so far as to divorce his wife because something that he heard, he has to realize you ain't ever getting her back. It's going to make it a lot harder for him to divorce his wife. You better be God's fine sure that you're not divorcing her and then looking into it and being, oh, I changed my mind. You're right, I shouldn't have done this. That's not fair. It's not fair to the woman. So you know, to prevent that, the Chum say, if you ever divorce your wife because of claims that she's out there and loose, you better make sure you know what you're talking about because you ain't ever getting her back. Okay. Mishum Nader. Also, if a man divorces his wife because of a vow that she took, lo yachsir. Also, he's not allowed to take her back. Okay. Fine. Gavaldik. Why? Because here's the deal. Vows eventually can be removed. Okay? So here's what's going to happen. A guy's going to give his wife a get because she has a nether on her that she doesn't eat tomatoes. I can't stand this. I will only marry a woman who eats tomatoes. Okay? Fine. He divorces her. Later on, the vow is removed. She's now allowed to eat tomatoes. You know what the husband's going to come? He's going to come and create a reis on the whole get. And he's going to say, oh, if I would have known that the vow would have been removed in a year and it could have been removed, so I never would have divorced her. And the get is bottled. The get is nullified. Okay? So you know what we tell the guy? Let me tell you something, buddy. If you're divorcing her because of a vow, you ain't ever getting her back. This get is final. There's no such thing as backing out. We can't have these, these uh, games Going on, which by the way, practically speaking, is what we do whenever there's a divorce with the get itself. As soon as somebody gets divorced, as soon as the get is mekuyim, you know what the bezdin does? They cut the get. They give the couple a certificate that they're divorced, and now there's witnesses, but they cut the get. You know why? We can't afford that in 150 years, some bezdin's going to come across this get, look at it, and say, oh, we found a problem with it. They were never divorced in the first place. So for the last seven generations, everybody's mamzerim. So we cut it up. It's a get, is a get, is a get, is a get. We're done. Out of here. Okay? There's witnesses and that's it. We tell this guy, you're getting rid of her because you feel she's loose. You're getting rid of her because of a vow. Well, guess what? This is final. Okay. Shalach lei rabba baruchun al rabba nachman. Rabba rabba sent a shayla. What happens if in these cases where he divorced her because of a vow and then he does take her back, is it a valid marriage or not? Similar to our Mishnah, right? The guy's got a rumor uh, with this woman, they're having an affair, he's not let to marry her. But if he does, then if she's a married woman, he needs to divorce her. If she was a convert, he doesn't, right? Says, what about in these two situations? Interesting, Shiloh. Yeah, what if he does take back this woman who made a vow or does take back the woman who was loose? Amarlei, so he says back to him, If a person, there's rumors about him having an affair with an and they force the divorce, even if the adulterer marries her, you got to get rid of her. So you see very clearly over here, so too, the same way, and we know again, going back, here's the main idea, we spoke this out earlier today, but whenever she's forbidden to her husband, by definition, that means she's forbidden to the boel. She's, she's forbidden to the adulterer as well. So if it ain't going to be a marriage to the husband, it ain't going to be a marriage to the adulterer. Beautiful. So that's the answer. What happens if you take her back? Gone. You cannot. Amarlay, me dummy, you can't compare the case of our Mishnah to these cases. Because over there, the Bezdin uh, said, in our Mishnah, the Bezdin said you're obligated to divorce her. But Vahacha, but over here, by the case of the rumor or the case of the um, or the vow of the nether, Haitsi Uha, it was the husband's choice to divorce her. He didn't have to uh, divorce her because of the vow. 
He didn't have to marry her because he heard, you know, that she's being a little... There wasn't like any circumstantial evidence. That was his choice. Bezin didn't obligate that. So whenever it's his choice, maybe Taka Dalacha would be, if he does take her back, it would be valid. The Rabbi Barab Nachman, what's Rabbi Barab Nachman going to say? He's going to say, no, Mastisanami hates you, Atanan. Our Mishnah also says he did it on his own. I says the Gemara, what do you mean, Makati mi dummy? He still can't compare our Mishnah to the case of Gitin. Why? By the Gitin, who's marrying her? The same guy who divorced her. A, guy, a guy's wife made a vow. He divorced her. We say, Midrabanan, you can't take her back. He does take her back. The Shaila is, is it valid? Do we force him? It's not Shaila, it's not valid. It's valid. The Shaila is, do we force him to divorce her? Okay? So, says the Gemara, in the case in Gitin, who married her forbidden? The same husband. Hasam, but in our Mishnah, who's marrying her? Boel. The suspected adulterer is marrying her. So maybe by the suspected adulterer we say you're obligated in divorce. But when the husband himself is taking her back, maybe not. You absolutely can connect our Mishnah here to Gitin. Why? Because our Mishnah said you're not allowed to marry. But if he does, he's got to, get, he's got to divorce. Hasam nami, so too in Gitin, there as well, Ami Rabbana layachzer, Rabbana say layachzer, v'imkanas yaitzi, but same type of expression, what does it mean layachzer? V'imkanas, if you do marry her, yaitzi, then you will have to divorce her. So the answer would be, at least according to this step, which we're going to knock off, that if, by the case of the vow, if the husband does take her back, he would be obligated to divorce her. Says the Gemara v'lohi, but that's also a mistake. Hasam alume alme lekala, because in our case, what happens? You have... A call, you have a rumor that this married woman was having an affair. With who? With who? This guy. And by this guy marrying her, he's strengthening his rumor. He's making it even worse. There's a rumor about a married woman. So she gets divorced. Who marries her afterwards? The adulterer. Ooh. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Not only was there a rumor now, now it's like big time rumors. You're making it worse. You're making it by you marrying her, you the adulterer marrying her, that shows you guys were into each other. You guys, you guys had a shaykhis previously. <laughs> Come on. But hacha, but in Gitin, when the husband's divorcing his wife because he's nervous, Amrinan, we're going to say, Come bebekola delese. You know something? He looked into it. He's not extending the rumor. He's removing the rumor by remarrying her. He's saying, I made a complete mistake. I thought she was out there and I thought she was with other guys and it seems she's not. Otherwise, he wouldn't take her back, right? The fact that he's taking her back actually removes the rumor and since that's the case, here's the bottom answer. You ready? Since that's the case, even though in our Mishnah we say when there's a rumored affair and the adulterer marries her, he's got to divorce her, in the case in Gitin, if where the husband divorces her because of a rumor or because of a vow, if he does marry her, he could keep her. Because by him remarrying her, he's actually removing it and we wouldn't force a divorce. Period. End of that Gemara. Beautiful. Klar. Gewaldig. Mishnah. Here we go. This Mishnah needs a little bit of a preface. It's going to take us into the first parak of Gitin. And it's going to be, it's going to, Amr Beis flows very Gishmaka. It's Gishmaka mission to the end of the daf as well. Here we go. Let's talk outside for a moment. The mission in Gittin tells us that a Bezdin outside the land of Eretz Yisrael is not always as learned as a Bezdin inside of Eretz Yisrael. Oh, not a way that's learned. Therefore, therefore, if a messenger shows up to Eretz Yisrael from St. Louis, from California, from anywhere in Europe, anywhere outside Eretz Yisrael, Machoikas, how close, borders of Eretz Yisrael, we'll get there in we'll be getting to Gitin. But a messenger shows up from outside Eretz Yisrael and he brings a get to a Bezdin and he says, this get is a valid get and should be given to this woman living in Israel, let's say. How do we know? How do we know that this messenger delivering the get? How do we know the get was written in a valid way? Maybe the court didn't do their own research. 
So the Rabbanon made a decree. And they said that when the messenger shows up, he has to say two parts of a statement, which is, Befonai nechtav, ubefonai nechtam. In front of me, this get that I'm bringing, it was signed by witnesses. It was written in front of me and signed in front of me. Befonai nechtav, ubefonai nechtam. This will allow the Bezdin to open up a conversation with him, ensuring that the get was actually written properly with the right people in mind, with the right setting in place. Okay. Now, here's how this halacha that we just stated is going to come full circle to our conversation. Ready for this? Let's introduce our Mishnah. We'll read it inside. Hamevi get Mamdina Sayam. Ruuvain brings a get from overseas to Eretz Yisrael. The Omar, and he says properly, Here's a get for a woman. It was written in front of me and signed in front of me. It's a kosher get. Guess what? It's a valid get. And, Lo Yisa Es Ishto, the messenger is never allowed to marry the woman who he just testified is validly divorced. You understand? Again, a guy shows up and he says, oh, you know, here's a get, everything's done right, and then as soon as she's divorced, Ruven is marrying the Garusha. Yeah, Ruven's marrying. You're like, dude, what just happened? All right? So whoever's, the, whoever's testifying that she's divorced, we're saying, you cannot marry her now. Okay. Mace, if um, a messenger shows up and he says her husband died. Not she's divorced. Her husband died. Or he says, listen to this case, Haragdiv, I murdered her husband. Harganuhu. Or he was killed by me with others. Loisa Esishto. He also cannot marry this woman. Okay. Rebudaimer. Now you might be asking, I if he says. If he says, I killed her, of course he can't marry her. He's Chayv Misa, right? So we'll see. We'll get into this conversation, how he's still alive. Rebuda says, Haraktiv, if he says, I killed the guy, then Then this guy's wife can never remarry. Okay, now why not? You ready for this? Rashi says, we don't believe you. It's not a, it's not a testimony. When one guy shows up and says, I killed her husband, you know what we say? We don't trust you. Therefore, she's not divorced. We'll see why. However, Haragnuhu, if he says that she was killed by us, then Tinasei Ishtai, then she can marry other people. It seems she still cannot marry him, but she can still marry other people. Okay, Mara will explain each of these circumstances. Fascinating Mishnah. Okay, again, what do we see in this Mishnah? A guy comes and testifies she's divorced. You cannot marry her. You testify her husband died or he ki- I killed him, we killed him. You cannot marry her. Rebuta says, if you say I killed him, then she's not allowed to marry anybody. She can't marry anybody. We don't trust. This is not considered testimony. Nothing doing. Gavaldik. Says the Gemara. Here we go. Zakti Gemara. Taima de Medina Sayyam. The reason why but he said funny nakta, funny nakta, is because he came from overseas, the Aleika Kosamchinon, we're relying on his Bafane Nakta, Bafane Nakta, and that's why he's not allowed to marry her. But listen to this, very interesting. Let's say you have a messenger come from Tiveria to Yerushalayim. And he delivers a get. We're not relying on him, on his testimony that she's divorced. Who are we relying on? The Bezdin in Tiveria. So then, you know what the halacha is? Even though he delivered the get, Yisa Esishtai, he's allowed to marry the divorcee. That makes a lot of sense. Okay? Nachon? He's just a shliach. He's a messenger. That's it. Are we relying on him? No. We're relying on the Bezin and Tiberia to say that she's divorced. Memela, he can marry her. What's the difference if it's in Tiberia or in the United States? Oh, Gavaldi. Because if he's coming from the United States... 
the reason why he's, his, it's his testimony that we're relying on to make the get effective because we don't really trust the Bezdin in the United States until he gives us all the information. So he's a crucial part of creation of the get. But if he comes from Tiberia where we're relying on the Bezdin there, all he's doing, he's a random shliach. He's a, he's, he's a UPS man. We're not relying on him. He's delivering the get. Memela knew he delivered the get. He could still marry her. So he can marry her once she's divorced. Okay. Says the Gemara of Ahameis. But if a guy comes along and testifies that her husband died, we're not relying on him. Really? Why we're not relying on him? Because the Tana taught us, When an Eid Echad comes and says, your husband died, the woman herself has to check deeply into the case. Okay? And then she sees that her husband died. That's when she can remarry, along with the testimony. And we learned by Yisa es Ishtai. And we still said he's not allowed to marry the widow. So you see from over here, even in a situation where we're not relying strictly on him, still we say he can't remarry. So why would we allow the messenger from Tiberia to marry this woman? Ah, you're not relying on him, so what? Even when you're not completely relying on him, you see you can't marry her. We say no. Over there, meaning by the guy testifying, he died and the wife looking into it. So there's no ksav, there's no document, there's nothing written at all testifying to the death. You're coming along by yourself and then the woman's going to do his own research. Beseder, fine. However, hacha ikaksava. But over here, when a get is coming from Tveria to Yerushalayim, so then the get itself is saying... We don't need his testimony at all. If we wanted to find information about whether it's a valid get, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Tveria. Or we'll find people who live in Tveria and ask them what's going on. It's not hard to get the information from place to place. So it says the Gemara like this. If, here's, here's, what, here's what we're establishing. If his testimony is going together with the wife's research, then we say, you can't marry her. Because we need both. But over here, by the, when you're just a UPS man delivering, will Taka allow you to marry her? Why? Because your testimony doesn't matter. We're not relying on your testimony. We're relying on this document from the Bezdin in Tveria. It could have been anybody who brought this to us. The Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, Ma ben get misa. What's the difference between the halachas of get and the halachas of misa? Shaksav mechiach. By a, by a divorce, you have the get, you, you have the document from the other Bezdin. And that's what we're relying on. We're not relying on the testimony at all, period. Givaldic, okay, clear, beautiful. Next part of the Mishnah said, Mace, if the guy says the husband died, Haraktiv, I killed him, Harganuhu, we killed him, Laisis Ishti, now that marry the wife. Who he need, says the Gemara, who need Laisis Ishti? It seems he cannot marry the, the widow. She can marry other people. Now, says the Gemara, a fascinating question. Listen to this, ready? The guy said, I killed her. I killed her. So he can't marry her. It seems other people could. Says, come on, one second. says, This man, he had relations with another male. Okay? It's, uh, he, he sodomized me. He raped me. One man says about another man that he raped him. The victim and one person watching can join together and say that the guy who sodomized is Chay of Misa. Okay? The victim is not considered a part of the story that he's now not capable of testifying. Him and somebody else can say, this guy is sodomized. But what if the victim says, I'm not really a victim. I was merely on the receiving end of this. And it was Lertzaini. I allowed him to do this. So then, Russia who? This guy's a Russia. He's on the receiving act of male on male. He's saying what he did. It was he wanted it. So now he's a Russia, and the Torah says, You're not allowed to testify with a Russia. And therefore, the, the, 
this fellow who's coming and telling us what happened, he's not a valid witness. And now it would just be an Eid Echad if one guy were to show up. So the Gemara is asking a question. The Gemara is saying like this. If somebody shows up to Bezdin and says, I killed the husband. Should she be allowed to marry somebody else? No. You know what we should say to the guy? Bye. Or lock him up. Let's look into this. Figure it out. You, you're a murderer. We're not going to accept your testimony to allow her to marry another guy. You hit Akasha. Why does the Mishnah say she can't marry him? The Mishnah says she can't marry anybody. We don't trust him. The Chaytem, and if you're going to say, shiny are usually makel. When it comes to allowing a woman to remarry, yeah, because we don't want, we don't want uh, an aguna. And if her husband's taka dead, she's going to be stuck. Vomer of Menashe, Menashe says, we now turn top of Vomer Beis. Gazlon, when you have a robber, didivrehem kosher la'idosisha. If you have a robber, right, where they're still going to be allowed, even though in certain ways we're not going to trust them in a the court. But to testify that a woman could remarry, we will trust them. Gazlon divrehem posel la'idosisha. But a gazlon divrehem is posel me'idosisha. So he says, says the Gemara that even if the Chachamim allow a woman, uh, you know, are lenient at times with a woman by allowing her to remarry, that, that this is not true when it's a type of testimony that's going to make somebody not fit to be an Eir Midai Raisa. When this guy testifies that he's a murderer, he's now unfit Midai Raisa to be a witness. So we're back to our question. Why in the world are we allowing this? Says the Gemara, name of Rav Benasha, Domak Rav Yehuda. Let's say Rav Benasha said his opinion according to Rav Yehuda. And others, maybe in Echanami, Rav Benasha says that a woman's not allowed to remarry, but the Chum argue. The Chum say, listen, the only time that we're lenient with a woman is when, is when uh, you know, we wouldn't have allowed the Eidos Alpi Midra Bonam. Okay, so maybe they argue. So Amr Allah Rav Benasha, Rav Benasha says, no, it's not true. I know the Amri Afil Rabban. I'm, I could say even according to the Rabbanon, not only I'm not limited to Rabbi understanding, but the reason for the Rabbanon, Hacha over here is Kid Rava. It's like the uh, opinion of Rava. Now, Rava is going to state an opinion which adds a whole new layer to our conversation as to whether or not we trust the guy to say he's a murderer. Ready for this? The Omar Rava. Rava says, Adam Karav Eitzel Atzmai, a person is naturally biased, He's re- if you can't testify about your dad, you can't testify about yourself. And therefore, if a person shows up and says, I'm a murderer, ready for this? You cannot turn yourself into a Russia. Listen to this, you ready? What does this mean? You're still a kosher witness. Why? You say you're a murderer, you know what we're going to say? We don't believe you. We'll believe you to say the husband's dead as an Eid Echad. Because we want to be lenient on a woman. But to say you killed him, we're going to accept your testimony that he's dead. We're not going to accept your testimony that you killed him because So we don't trust you that you're a Russia. That part of the testimony we can't rely on. And that's why the woman's allowed to marry other men when the guy says, I murdered him. Amazing. Okay. Says the Gemara, Lamer of Yosef, Damrak Rabbi Yehuda. So let's say Rabbi Yosef, who says she cannot remarry, holds like Rabbi Yehuda that a person can make himself into a Russia. Amalach Rabbi Yosef is going to say, No, I know the army of Yehuda Rabbanon, the shiny Eidos Isha, the Kilo Barabbanon. Specific by Eidos Isha, the Rabbanon or Mekel, again, to make it easier to remove a woman from a Aguna status. But according to Rabbi Nasha, Damrak Rabbi Yehuda, when he says they're only going to be lenient by it, then the Rabbanon. Uh, you know, where, where the Rabbanon answered the testimony, um, he's going to hold like Reb Yehuda. Okay, beautiful. Very, uh, a fascinating conversation, really a Shas conversation, a Veltz conversation about how testimony, uh, about how testimony works and who, who it works for. And, you know, you even see from over here, interestingly, in Gittin, we'll get into this as well, and in other places, it's interesting that we're allowing the guy to give a, a testimony, and we're splitting up his words and saying, oh, part of it we trust you, part of it we don't. It's a major chiddush. It's a major chiddush. The guy says, I killed him. Oh, we'll believe you that he's dead. We're not going to believe that you killed him. 
Right? Okay. So elsewhere is a whole sugi, very gishmak. Fine. Two dots. Next part of the Mishnah. Haragdi, the guy says, I killed him. Haragnu, Tinase, or we killed him. Then she let her remarry. He says, Gemara, okay, let's clarify what's the difference between when I killed him or we killed him. Maishna haragdiv u maishna haragnuhu. What's the difference if he said, I killed him or we killed him? Memonov shach. Do you trust this guy or do you not trust the guy? Umrav Yudav Yudav says, Ba'imraniha yisi im hargav. You know what I killed him means? Doesn't mean I actually pulled the trigger. You know what it means? I, witnessed, I, I, I was there with them. I was part of the chevra. I was part of the chevra, but I didn't actually murder. I was there. Okay, so now if he didn't actually murder, he was there. So what is he? A witness. Says the Gemara of Hatanya. And this needs to be true because Amalei Rebuta, Rebuta says, There was a story with a bandit. Listen, he was on his way out to be killed. Okay? Near Kaputkia. So you know these people who have, a, you know, you call it a deathbed confession? Right? Right before they die. These murderers, right before they die. Sometimes they'll confess to doing other murders. This guy is being taken out to be killed. And he says to the people, Please go tell the wife of Shimon the Kayan, I killed her husband. When I was going into the city of Lud, her husband got in my way and I, I murdered him. Nobody knew what happened to him. So I just want you to know I killed him. So now she's no longer an Aguna. The Amri La, and some say that what happened was Bechnisasai Lelud. Okay, see what she's saying, Bechnisasi, when I came into Lud, other people say that when he was going into Lud, fine. Shaila, how the story happened. But bottom line, what happened in that story? Is his wife, is, is, the, is the wife of Shimon HaKayin allowed to remarry? Says the Gemara, that he see you as and they matured up, they allowed Shimon's wife to remarry. So you see, when somebody's testifying, I killed, we're relying on him. But what did Rabbi Yehuda just say? No. Rabbi Yehuda says, you're not going to rely on him. The only time we're relying on him is when a guy says, I was with the killers. I was with them. Here you see the killer himself. So Amar Lahem, Rabbi Yehuda said, no, Misham Raya, from that story, you have no proof. That's not where the murderer said, I killed the guy in Lud. He was being taken out to be killed for a different uh, transgression. And on his way, he says, by the way, I want to testify about Shimon Akayan's wife, that she can remarry because I saw people murder him at the entrance of Lud. Okay, so now we're back to Rebuta's explanation. He fits very well. well. We'll accept testimony that somebody else was there. I've a list him Kutani. It says he was abandoned. It says Gemara, fine. Shanitvasai, they list him. Yeah. No, that's he was abandoned. It doesn't mean he killed the guy. <laughs> He's being taken out because he was he was abandoned. True. But it doesn't mean he actually killed Shimon. I have a Yatzilahari Kutani. He's being taken out to be killed. Okay. It was he was being taken out to be killed for civil reasons, for a civil court. No shaykh is anything else. He was a criminal, so they're killing him. All right? But we're still accepting his testimony to tell us that he was with those who killed um, Shimon, who, who killed Shimon. Period. End of that Gemara. Givaldic. All right. Here we go. Now the Gemara is just going to continue on next Mishnah with other cases where a woman is now single and we're going to say to particular men, you can't marry her. Same to our Mishnah on yesterday's daf. Same to the Mishnayis on today's daf with the, with the messengers. Now we're going to give other cases where people are not allowed to marry a single woman. Here we go. It is. If you have a woman who goes to a chacham, she goes to a mumcha, she goes to an expert on the laws of vows. And the wife says, I made a vow. I'm forbidden to have anything to do with my husband. We can't benefit from each other. We can't do anything together. And she goes to a Chacham says, I want to be released from my vow. And the Chacham said, but otherwise I can't stay with my husband. And the Chacham says, oh, ask your question. He says, you know what? I really cannot find any way to release you from your vow. You guys must get divorced. 
Says the, says the Mishnah, After she gets divorced, this Chacham cannot say, you know, when you came to ask me a question, I thought you were a really nice person. I think we should date now. No. Nothing doing. If you were involved in her divorce, you're not allowed to marry her. Why? Simple. We're all thinking the same thing. Doesn't look good. Okay? Something off. Fine. But here's interesting. If let's say you have a girl who becomes an adult and she refuses the marriage. Remember that case? Her brother or mother married her off as a katana. She can refuse the marriage and uproot it retroactively. How do you do that? She comes to a bezdin. Right? And she uproots her marriage. Or chalitza is done. A yavam says, I don't want to marry the yavama. They do chalitza. Then yisa'en of neishahu bezdin. You hear this? Amazing. In these cases, a member of the Bezdin is permitted to marry a woman who he helped with Mion or a woman who he helped with Chalitza. Why? Because it wasn't only up to you. You acted with other people. You needed a Bezdin of at least three. Okay, you were on the Bezdin. There's no way. It doesn't doesn't smell as bad. There's nothing that's really off. Ah, you were on the Bezdin. Fine, you might have met like that. Like... You weren't in absolute control of this situation to create a divorce, to create a chalitza, to create a mion, and therefore will allow, uh, will allow him to marry her. Okay, very good. Says the Gemara. The Mishnah says that if a chacham does not allow, uh, cannot find an opening for a woman to remove her vow, and therefore she gets divorced, he cannot marry her. Says the Gemara. It seems if he did find a way for her to remove the vow, then he would be permitted to marry her. Now that makes sense, right? Because he in no way, shape, or form caused a separation between this woman and her husband. He allowed her to be released from her vow. So if he allowed it, Kabaldic, he would if if there's opportunity that opens up to marry her, it would be permitted. Fine. But my and what's the case? If you're dealing with a woman who came to one Chacham to release her from a vow, can one Chacham alone remove a vow? We learned, in order to release a vow, you need three Chachamim together. Okay, so now there's three people. So now we're dealing with three people. One second, didn't we just say in a Bezdin of three, there's no problem, like me and her Chalitza? Do we suspect this guy of, uh, of fishy stuff? But now we learned in the Mishnah, if Mion is done, or Chalitza is done, you said, so ask the Gemara one second. Now again, keep in mind, this is an assumption that a vow needs to be done by three, but it needs to be released by three. But if it's true that a vow needs a Bezdin to be released, ask the Gemara a very simple question. Why is it different than Mion or Chalitza? To which the Gemara responds, No, a vow can be released by one person. And this is Allah Lemaisa. If you have one, one uh, Chacham, one Posik, who's an expert in the laws of vows, he can be the one to release from a vow. We're dealing with a Yachin Mumcha who has the rights to release a vow, and this woman comes to him and he says no. So that's when we say you can't marry her. But if he, she comes to him and she and he says, yeah, I could release you from your vow. Okay, so then it's a Kiddush that he's allowed to marry her. He's not part of three. Why is he allowed to marry her again? Because he didn't play a role in the separation. Beautiful. Period. Two dots. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, If Mion or Chalitza was done in front of a Bezdin, one of the members of the Bezdin is permitted to marry her. Time of the Bezdin, the reason why he's allowed to marry is because he's part of a Bezdin. But if it's done in front of two Chachamim, then the Allah is no. The Allah is no. He would not be permitted to marry her. Okay. Now, it seems that you could have a Bezdin of two. Now, is that true? Can you have a Bezdin of two? No. But listen to this. What if, what if, you know, we just, we just said that if a woman comes to a chacham mumcha, one expert, he, and, he, and he can't release her from the vow, he can't marry her. Let me ask you a question. If one person can release her, can't two? Of course. So what happens if she comes in front of two chachamim to release her from her vow? 
and they can't find a reason to release her from her vow. Can one of them afterwards marry her? Interesting. They're not a Bezdin. Right? It's two people. But also, you didn't have complete control over the Teretz. It seems whenever you have two Chachamim, still, they would not be permitted to marry her. Says the Gemara, how's there for the mission? Which says, I'll stay Mekach. If you have witnesses that sign on a document that a field is sold, Val Get Isha, or on a get, the Chom are not concerned. It is. It's great. If you have two witnesses sign on a get, we're not concerned that one of the witnesses may be doing this because they want to marry her later. So you see, when you have two people involved, there's no chashash either way. Says the Gemara, why does our Mishnah say Miyun Rechalitza can be done because it was in front of three people? We should say Miyun Rechalitza, you can marry her if you were involved in the Miyun or Chalitza, even if it was two. You don't even need a full Bezdin. Says the Gemara, Hagufa Kamashmulan. No, the Mishnah is punk telling us, Lafuki Mandamar, Miyun Bifne Shnayim, Kamashmulan, Miyun Bishlesh. You know what the Mishnah is letting me know? You can't do Miyun in front of two people. Miyun needs a Bezdin. So you want to know why we didn't say in front of two? Because the Mishnah is teaching us an Eder Chedish. If you want Mion, it's a minimum of three. You can't just walk in front of two Chachamim. Beautiful. So in other words, the way our Mishnah is written is not to exclude two. It's to give us additional information that Mion or Chalitza must be done in front of three. And when it's done in front of three, any one, any member of the best is going to be permitted to marry her afterwards. Beautiful. That's the question searching for information. If let's say this Chacham who couldn't be Mater her neder, right, um, marries her, do we say he's obligated to divorce her? Rav Kanan says, Kanas might see. Yeah, you got to get rid of her. Rav Ashi Yomar, Kanas Enoi might see. Tanulu Rav Zuti Bar, Debe Rav Papi, Kedivri Yomar, Kanas Enoi might see. If he does marry her, listen, it looks terrible. It's a terrible idea. It's wrong, but we're not going to tell him that he's obligated to divorce her. I'm going to let Rav Ashi, the Rabbanon say, to Rav Ashi, who holds you do not need to divorce her, Gemara Isvara. This you say you don't need to divorce her. Is that something you heard from your Abayim or using your own logic? Such an important Shaila. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful Shaila. Ravashi's talking to his Chavir and they say, listen, Ravashi, I, we hear, we hear. Where'd you get that from? Your own Svara or is this coming through the Messiah? If it's coming through the Messiah, we're not going to say it. Amar Lahu, the reason why this is beautiful is because we also, it's important for us to know when we share something, to explain where it's coming from. So that people know how to take it. Omar Lahu. Masnisini. It's actually a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Hanitan Mishivcha. If a person has claims against him, this is our Mishnah earlier, about having relations with a Shivcha, a maidservant. Vinishtachra. And then that maidservant is freed. Or Ma'ivedis Kachavim in his Gaira. Or there's a rumor that he's having an affair with a non Jewish woman and then she converts. Harizala Yechnois. You're not allowed to marry her. This was our Mishnah, right? Vimkana saying Maitzi. And if you do marry her, you can keep her. Alma, you see from here, it says the Gemara top of tomorrow's Dav, that just with rumors itself, you're not supposed to marry her. But if you did, we don't force a divorce. Hachanami, so too over here in our case of the Chacham, it looks bad. But just a divorce, no witnesses, nothing, anything else. You shouldn't, but if you did, we're going to allow the marriage to remain. Period. End of the Gemara. We're now to the next mission. Shabbos, 9.30 p.m. We will pick up with the next daf and Bezajem Bizoiche to finish the second parak of Yavamas. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.